When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 28 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we'll be looking back at our first away win of the season down at St Mary's. Ziggerton then to take. Mason Holgate on the end of it, and Tom Davis for Everton! The perfect start on the South Coast this afternoon. We'll be talking about the impact of Everton youngsters. Lucas Dean plays it in towards the six-yard box. Back defending, the word takes it from him. And wriggles his way past the couple. Puts it dangerously into the six-yard box. Walcott, it's there this time. Mason Holgate. I'm going to look ahead to the visit of Norwich City. Those young players that we've been talking about to find James McCarthy. He might fancy another. He's got support here from Kenny. It comes all the way through for Morales for 3-0. So lads, it's a very upbeaten and more positive atmosphere, I'd say, when recording this. We've gone down to Southampton and won a game away from home. Hallelujah. <laughs> An away win. The first one since West Ham. 1993. <laughs> <laughs> the first one since uh, yeah, West Ham. West Ham March, in March. Yeah. March. March when we, when we um, hammered them, didn't we? Uh, their gaff. Um, no, look... Great win, massive win, really, in the context of things. Um, it was called it was called a must win by many, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean every game's a must win it seems at the minute. But I mean, for me, I'm in a sadistic kind of way. I'm kind of glad how they actually won it. Mm. You know, you know, like almost like that gritty performance, um, which is exactly what they needed. Yeah, you know, the, the fact they just dug in second half again. Similar to the Brighton game, really, wasn't it? Mm. Very similar. I thought we controlled, pretty much controlled the whole first half. Well, we did control the whole first half. But we all said to each other, didn't we, that they can't be any worse here, second half. These are going to get a rollicking. They're going to come out. They're going to push higher up because they completely dropped off us. Mm. And then, lo and behold, uh, Danny Ings, who always bloody scores against us, gets gets a fairly lucky goal, then he? Straight off Mina's heel, straight to him. But, look, I'm so glad we got the win, first and foremost. I don't know what you think, Pete. This was a game of three phases. I thought there was the first half, that mad, uncomfortable 10-15 minutes at the start of the second, and then the rest of the second half. And I, I sort of agree with you. I think the most pleasing thing for me is how we bounced back after we conceded and it went to 1-1 because 
my heart started to sink and I thought this is just going to be terrible to watch we've thrown it away um, and I didn't res- I didn't expect us to respond the way we did mm. I was quite surprised we, we all it was funny because uh, we all said it a hard time uh, I mean the stats said it, it was 12 shots to, uh, to zero in our favour wasn't it but I was those 12 shots with a one on target mm. and that was the goal from, from Tom Davis and you just think we, we needed to take in I mean there's a great one two between Totten and Walcott and Sosson's got a header about six yards on the angle and you think just just keep the head, the header down it goes in and we go two up and then it's game over because they they were shot confidence wise at home we, we mentioned this last week when, when we previewed the game the last home game they got battered 9-0 by, by Leicester so yet they went away to Man City and showed a little bit of bottle and, and character and you know they, they lost the game 2-1 but they, they showed they had a, they had a little bit of, uh, of bottle they showed us respect, didn't they, with how they set up? Yeah, they did, they did, but they looked, they looked totally, they looked clueless for me, Southampton, and you could see they were nervous, they were massively, they were massively on edge, and, you know, we took advantage of that, got, got, a, got an early goal four minutes in, and, you know, Tom Davis hasn't scored for, for a good while, I think his last goal was against Southampton at Goodison, and he, and he pops up at, at the back stick, and Marco Silva said, that's something that we've worked on, and we, we wanted Tom Davis to, to be getting into that position from, uh, from a corner. And something which is which is which has come off, but yeah, half time I was on edge a little bit, thinking, are we going to still be in the changing rooms here when they come on for the second half? And that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? And like you say, Lee, Danny Ings paying the backside popped up with the with the, the wasp, goal, the wasp, yeah, the wasp. But for that goal, by the way, Morgan Snyderland's attempted defending Buffal was absolutely shocking. You let him go past him so was, easily, isn't he? He was so square, wasn't he? He yeah. was so square and he couldn't adjust his feet and he just and obviously he couldn't then touch him because he, he would have gone down the box and it's obviously clipped me in his heel, gone to Danny Ings and you think you, you fear the worst and I'm I'm sitting there thinking this game's gonna go gonna be two one, three one Southampton. But like Pete just said, the character that the side has shown there because straight away after going behind really we, we responded. We responded positively. Um and to go there and fantastic second goal by the way great mm. ball from Sadibi lovely ball from him um, and Richardson does what, what Richardson does that's a good does. finish that by the way great that's finish. not an easy finish when great he left finish. it off yeah um, kept it low kept it under the keeper um, yeah it was a very good finish and I, I'm sure for him as well because I thought he had a kind of an indifferent game really causing problems at times and at other times that made some bad choices in the final third really but um Going back to Davis, I'm very, very chuffed that he got the goal. I think we even said, I think, at the end of the pod last week, it's so important that first goal, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, and um, scoring so early on, another assist for Holgate, um, two and three. three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just think it, it instantly lifts the team. Both teams are going in with, you'd say, fairly low confidence. Well, it, was the, it was the worst home record against the worst away record. There you go, perfect stuff. Um, but no, I just thought. Um, so glad we got that first goal and you can see it settled us and then we completely controlled the game you know what it followed a very similar pattern to a lot of away games we've had this season Uh, even a couple of home games where we seem to have controlled the midfield and controlled the game but without really putting it away and you know there was elements of that today you know take out that goal from the set piece you could almost say that we were really wasteful weren't we in the final third because it just shows you that you know Having a twenty-goal striker or a really ruthless striker just pays so much dividends, doesn't it? Because I just thought if we've got a top striker in that team, there we probably do score 
two or three in well, that first half. We had 24 shots on goal, I know. five on target. It's, and we, we, That's we've, crazy, that. We've mentioned that, that stat before we, in, in other games where we've had similar in terms of whether it be home or away. Right in this, we must have quite a few shots yeah, in that game. But the, the percentage of shots on target is the thing which concerns me. You, know, you look at the ones that we, we got on target, I mean... A Wobie's one, which is took a nick and gone out for a corner. That was on target. Sigurdsson one where the keepers put it over over the bar. Uh, the two goals. So you're struggling then to think, okay, well, mm. what, you know, what, what are the chances did did we have and and, and have we wasted there? And like you said, if, if you have a a number nine, a striker, you, you can you score to twenty goals. Jamie Vardy being a prime example of that. Someone who just knows exactly where the goal is. He can lead the line by himself as well, can he? Um, Leicester are a completely different side with him yeah, scoring goals because yeah. you know credit to Rodgers they've got them well set up but they're playing to his strengths and you know that was a fairly tight game that initially before that Vardy goal but it, it makes a diff- difference I guess it opens up a few talking points so when it comes to Everton strikers number one Tosin getting the nod for starting and how, how do we feel that he did number two Moise Keane not making it into that squad and I guess number three the whole idea of rotating I mean, centre forward striker altogether. I think I think when they when they're not scoring, I don't think it particularly matters this this rotation. Silver wouldn't be rotating strikers if we had someone who was scoring week in week out, would he? So at the moment, you I said this last week when it came to Tosin. I thought he would start, and, and he did. You start players based on form. He's come on against Watford, set a goal up. He's come on against Tottenham, scored a goal. So naturally, for me, yeah, he should have come into the side. Calvert Lewin's gone through a couple of fits and starts where he scored, and then obviously he goes quiet. Moise Keane's yet to yet to get his first goal. Um, on that point, by the way, he got a lot of stick, didn't he, Silver again mm-hmm. for not playing? We're not even having Moise Keane in the squad, mm-hmm. uh, and he addressed that, didn't he, afterwards, and said, "Look, you know, I've spoke to the boy. He understood it. Um, he was there, wasn't and, he? he yeah, travelled. he was there, and you know, and you put a, you put an, in, an Insta story up, you know, mm-hmm. saying get well in lads and all that sort of thing. So." You know, again, it's obviously I know the knives are out just for something simple like that. But look, at the end of the day, if he's not in the squad, he's not in the squad. You know, Silver sees him all the way through the week in training. He's made that decision, like you said, rightly to start Tosin. And Calvert Lewin and Tosin are scoring goals. They are. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying they're, they're yeah. better players in inverted commas, but they're scoring. Aren't correct, they? correct. And then you know, and he's vindicated in it because we won the game again. Mm. You know, so. Um, you know, and the subs again made a difference when they came on. So you know, again, you know, you can't, you can't really, you can't really knock it. Um, although again, you know, we're destroying another lad's young career again, aren't we? Before it's even started, you know, of course we are. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I'm just, um, just glad. We, you know, we the game would have been a lot easier if we'd have got that second. You just knew they were going to fly out the blocks. There's every. Silver would have definitely said at half time, would he look, lads, these are not going to be as bad. They're going to push higher up. They're going to come on to us. They made the sub. They changed it up a bit, changed the formation. And obviously, they, they got the goal and, and, and caused us issues. But like you said, then, mate, you know, I'm just really chuffed the reaction to that. Mm. Because you could hear the fans were suddenly, they were, they were really quiet and getting on the team's back first half. As soon as that goal goes in, that's a test of character, then, isn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, the noise, you could hear it across the across the match, yeah, across the. Um, uh, well, the stream that we were watching. <laughs> Thinking about to word that, um, but you could hear it, and they were up for it, and they had a little spell after that, didn't they? But we didn't, we didn't really trouble. I know Pickford made a good save from from Ward Prowse from very the free good, kick. Very good save, yeah. That was a vital save. Well, and then, what did you both think of Tosin? I, I I thought he played pretty well. So I, I, I thought, thought he was alright. I thought he, he, he held it up alright. He yeah. led the line pretty well. He did, 
he, could, he probably should have scored that header, to be fair. I think that was a good chance. It should, it should be on target, yeah. You'd and expect and him to one, score that. Yeah, one second half where he was, he was actually quite wide and he's, and he's hit the ball across the keeper, but there was, there was no way he was going to score from where he was. I thought he was neat and tidy and he linked up quite well, I thought, with uh, Richard Allison. Yeah. Walcott, who I thought had, had, a, had a, one of his yeah, good games. Well, I, I, I thought he looked, I looked bright. And what he was doing was Walcott. And I'll, I'll come back to, to Tozman in a minute. He was going off players in Eunice Pace and he was going beyond them. But we, what we always say about Walcott. Yeah, he knocked it around the guy, yeah, then he got to the byline. Yeah, he was he's definitely more direct. He was, yeah. and, and if Walcott's like that, then he won him in his side because he causes defenders problems. Do you know what I think's changed? Go on, Pete. He's got a beard. Yeah, it's all in the beard. Yeah, think think about it. It wasn't like this before the beard. And that hair, though, as well. Theo. Theo's got the beard. Zeus. Well, that, that hair, that hair is, is, you know, is also, he's, he's had a bit of a change of hairstyle as well. Which, a bit which of a soul be, blow going on there. Definitely coming to yeah. America, that Eddie Murphy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He looks a little bit like here, like Prince. Prince. Uh, it's like the 80s for me. But yeah. they definitely have, whatever, whatever it's doing, listen, if it's working, then then keep it. But I thought, yeah, I thought one of his better games. But going back to, to Tossin, I thought he was neat inside. The only slice on the game for me is he didn't score when really he should have put the, the, the ball on Saga for that header. But I thought... His link-up play generally was quite good. So does Silver stick with him yes. for the next game? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's earned his right to start against Norwich, mm-hmm. I think. Um, what he gives us as well, I think he gives us, um, his movement's pretty good in the box and he gives us an aerial threat. I know Calvert-Lewin does, but I think Tosin's better in the air. I mm-hmm. think if you if you want someone on the end of a header like against Spurs, you'd probably want it to be him, wouldn't you? Because mm-hmm. he, he, he pushed almost Calvert-Lewin out of the way, didn't he? I'm having it and put yeah. it in. Um, but no, I, I thought he did all right in answer to your question. But yeah, I thought, I thought he'd justified his starting place. Um, what, one and, and one thing which was a bit of a puzzle before the, before the game when I saw the team was the introduction of, of Sigurdsson and taking Obobi out to the side altogether, which mm-hmm. was something which surprised me a little bit because we all like Obobi in that number 10. Um, and I thought when he came on, he played a fantastic ball to Calvert-Lewin, shaped one way. Lovely. And look one way and, and oh, it was a fantastic ball and Cavalier should, should have done better for me. But he's so direct, isn't he? Awobi. Um Sigurdsson came in, I thought he did okay. Mm. Um I don't think he, he st- it was probably a six, seven out of ten kind of game for Sigurdsson. But that was a bit of a surprise for me. I don't know what your thoughts on on him coming into the side. Yeah, I th- you know, with with obviously Gomez coming out, it was always gonna be interesting how he was gonna play that midfield. No no Delph either, was there? Yeah, no Delph as well. Um I think he I think he got it right overall. Possibly a Wobie maybe could have started him. I think Schneidlin sitting with Davis sort of roaming in front of him worked. Mm-hmm. Um things with me with Sigurdsson in that role where he plays higher up almost against the forward, he kind of drifts in and out of the game, doesn't yeah. he? He doesn't get he doesn't get involved enough for me and then all of a sudden, he'll just pop up on it, and he's, he's obviously got quality, and he's shown it, you know, more than one occasion for us. But for me, I, I think you know what I think. He, I think in that type of system, I, I think he'd be better suited to where Gomez playing like an eight. Mm-hmm. I think he can play. I know we've discussed this before, but yeah. I think he's got the work rate to play in that role. And I think he's got the quality on the ball, passing range to play in that role as well. It's something like that you probably more than me and Peter said about playing him a little bit deeper. So yeah, and then there will be ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know obviously we tough to drop Davis now in the form he's in. Um, but I think Sigurdsson could, I don't know what you think but I think he could play that eight that sort of mid, mid-central midfield role I think what Sigurdsson gives you that maybe Iwobi doesn't is I, I think he's a lot better defensively I think he's better with his positioning when we haven't got the ball I, I think you're getting back into shape um, and intercepting it and I think he keeps the ball so I, I can kind of understand away from home um, against the side that you think he's going to sit back a lot in Southampton that you might go with Sigurdsson mm. over Iwobi and yeah. I, yeah I think you're right I think on the whole he got the call right I just don't think for someone of his quality and he has got great feet he's got a great dig on him 
sort of good cross, you know, he's decent on set pieces and that. I, I just don't think he, he should be getting on the ball a lot more, shouldn't he? And I don't know whether it's a lack of space or, uh, you know, whether he's used to maybe playing off the, the striker, but I just think if, if he was dropped back a little bit, he'd obviously be on the ball a lot more. He's only had one assist all season as well. Which is unusual for him. Which is, I mean, he didn't set the world light in regards to having loads of assists um, last season, but he he does quite often take take a set piece. He's taking less set pieces now, isn't he? Yeah, Luca Dean takes takes the majority, doesn't Mm. he? Um, But... It's, yeah, it, it was a bit of a surprise with him, with him not, and with him starting the game. But he did. There was a couple of times where he was literally sort of an inch away from a perfect ball through to uh, the Arsenal ball. Cause he, he tried it a couple of times, and he just thought, you know, one of them I thought was, was going to come off. So, you know, but we, we can't we can't sit here and and, and complain, and, and and we don't do we generally. We we are we are positive, and I, and I thought it was just nice to see us go somewhere, have a little bit of a setback. Went, obviously went back to one all after after bossing the game for so long, but reacting to it so positively, coming out, getting that goal, and at two one with the last fifteen, I was I was I was quite comfortable. I thought we ever got this. I, I yeah, we we, we saw it out really well. Yeah. We didn't really have any chances the day uh, after that. Um, I thought we you know we were, if anything we were playing more in their half. Mm. Um, but um, no, it's just it's just a really solid win. I think. You know, results, I mean, Silver said in his post-match, didn't he? Results breed confidence. And, you know, arguably, I know we've said it before, arguably we probably should have won the Brighton game. We've been VAR robbed there, and obviously the Premier League have come out since, and sort of, yeah, our soz lads. Uh, I thought we got our, a week there without our, any VAR discussion. Yeah, um, but then the Spurs one again, you know, there's a shout for more than one pen there as well. So, so you've got to say, we've been a bit unlucky there. And if you look at the other games outside of those two, We'd be on a really solid run. On that though, though we joked, didn't we, on the previous part about the um, the Andy Johnson penalty dossier mm. that David Moyes took to the Premier League and said, you know, why don't Everton do something similar with the decisions that we've had that have gone against us? Apparently, we have. Yeah, but I was about to say, yeah. how positive is it that we've done that? Yeah, we have gone. To, we have gone to the the uh, Premier League and on the VAR stuff. Explain to us, yeah. Explain to us. These yeah, Silver sat down, didn't he, with yeah. the. Uh, with yeah. the yeah. Is that why they came out and they said we got that Brighton one wrong? I'm assuming, yeah. But you know, we, we could we could go through how many games where they get the you know if you if you want to compile a dossier of, of Premier League mistakes, there's mm. some in, in a in a certain game that, that happened um, this afternoon when you know where VAR is yet again is the talk of a game. But if you look at us in, in, in isolation, they've cocked up for say the Southampton game obviously the equation Spurs and Brighton. We could be sitting here mm. in fifth or sixth position. We'll be fifth. We'll yeah. be fifth with those with those two games, and then, and then all of a sudden. You know, you're on the coattails of the Champions League, and then you know it's a completely different conversation you're having, isn't it? I mean, still, I, you know, I really liked it. Um, I know obviously we we're accused of being obviously uh, very pro silver on this, but I, I really liked his interview with Lineker on match of the day. There, I we, are, we, came... are, we are all sitting here in Marco Silva t-shirts, <laughs> Marco Silva pajamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I thought I genuinely, I really liked that interview. I don't know whether you guys have seen it, yeah. but. Um, I thought he came across really personable, and then got asked about you know the pressure that you're under. He said, "I don't feel the pressure." And I I thought, it's, a privilege, I thought, it's a privilege. He said, "It's a privilege to manage this football club." Well, you know I, what? And I, I really like that. That, really that, like that. that clip's going to come in the first brief. That clip will be out, so people right. have a little listen to that about what he said in response to Lineker's question. But I thought he was quite direct, and he was. On the Richardson was he? He, he was yeah. quite. He, he was quite sort of, uh, you know, almost angry about the thing. Yeah. Look, he's never had a booking. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's people who've had. You know, more than one booking for diving just this season alone. He's not even had a booking since he's been in the Premier League. Um, 
The time of that article, by the way, from a journalist that's pretty well respected as well, is, is was an a, absolute farce. I was disappointed with that. I mean, it's. I mean, and it was Paul Joyce, and, and I respect Paul Joyce yeah. very, very highly. He's well known, especially in Northwest football. Uh, both Everton and Liverpool, he covers them, and you know, and and there's a thing on Twitter. Once Paul Joyce announces it, then you know it's true because he doesn't get nothing wrong. Mm. But this this article came out just highlighting uh, Richie Allison and obviously him going down easy and things like that. When you've got like some money. Who, who quite clearly died last weekend and, and what have you and nothing, nothing ever gets said I thought uh, Gineppo for them yesterday I was sexing you lads yeah. at the time I thought, he was, I thought he was an absolute joke every single time uh, Steve went anywhere near him he was throwing himself on, onto the floor he was going down holding his face and, and I, I think it's put on Twitter there'd be no, there'd be no media coverage of that over the course of this week because this Richard I think ran and ran and ran it felt like a cheap article yeah, didn't it yeah, it, it really did in the yeah. timing of it I mean, yeah, and by the way, that same weekend, Mane actually got booked for simulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually got booked for trying to win a penalty. Yeah. Richarlison, I can understand it, but he wasn't even booked. Yeah. But he does frustrate us, you know, he, he, he does go down sometimes a bit too easily. He doesn't um, doesn't do himself any favours, and the fact he stays down a lot of the time, holding his head and things like that. But look, he's come from a completely different culture of football, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. You know and he I mean? does get you kicked know? a bit. And, he, and that's what I have to say. You know, if you look at a lot of them, there's actually justification in a lot of the fouls. He, mm-hmm. He's quite... Um, He's an athletic lad and he likes the contact, doesn't he? And he's obviously got a bit of pace, he's got a burst of pace. And it only takes the slightest touch to push him and he's obviously gone because of the speed he's moving at. Um, and, he, and as I said, he likes the rough and tumble of it as well. But he, I think that was a, a shocking article personally. But um, but going back to you know to, to Silver's sort of post-match, A, he said, look, it's a privilege to manage this club. And then on top of that, he said, look, we lost two key players last season. And he was obviously referring to Garner and um, Zuma. Zuma. Yeah. You know, we've had really tough injuries to some key players that have come in, particularly in the in the midfield. We've had some shocking, probably probably the most shocking VAR decisions yeah. uh, in the space of a few weeks. All that combined, and and his and his words he used were still fighting. Yeah. And that was the words he used. We're still despite all that, we're still fighting. And I, and, and I like the way, like I said, I like the way he came across. Um, and he's sort of almost like you said, might put Lineker straight on a couple of things there. But um, whilst coming across personable at the same time. Lineker wasn't, wasn't being controversial. Lineker was ask, asking, asking the questions, which I suppose everyone would yeah, be asking Marcus it was, it was a decent interview, and I just, I just liked the way that Silva was quite forthright with, it, with his responses. He was quite direct. Um, and as you say, the, the use of the word, you know, the words were still fighting. I love that. Because yeah. pe- yeah. pe- people have slated him saying he doesn't care. Look at the reaction when that second goal winning. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Ferguson was up. Or more mm-hmm. says up. They're all hugging each other. Considering yeah. that, that, that they can't stand each other and, they, and there's all infighting and stuff like yeah. that, you know. According to some, it just shows you. It does mean a lot to them, and 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 they do care. Um, they're still playing for him. I mean, we, 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 we we were really fortunate. I don't know whether you want to mention it later on, Mike, but we were really fortunate on Friday, weren't we, um, to spend some time with some some, some veterans uh, over in um, in Bootle. Yeah. Um, and. Um, we obviously were quite fortunate as well in the fact that a few ex Everton players were there and, and we were chatting to, to, to Sharpie, Snowden and um, Graeme Stewart, wasn't it? And a lot well, of them... A lot you, of them you were bending Graeme Stewart, so you both three hours about golf. golf. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what you were doing. Yeah. You see the veterans, at least on one yeah. side, talking about his bloody iron play. Asking for a, a wager <laughs> to play 18 holes, four ball for, for four of us. Uh, no, but genuinely, I thought um, they all pretty much said, they were all quite unanimous in terms of saying that, look, you know, they're all playing for the manager. And they, they use that word. They said, "Look, he's in Finch Farm. They've seen it themselves. You know, literally every single day, early doors, grafting, 
Um, so you can't throw that in. He said there's no stone unturned, he said, in terms of the opposition analysis and everything else. I've seen that firsthand. And they also all said, look, there comes an element uh, an element here where the players have got to step up. You know, because the manager can't affect everything, and he physically said that. You know, the players have got to take, take accountability as well. They all pretty much said that. And they also said, look, you're not just getting rid of the manager, you're getting rid of five or six backroom staff, paying all them off, and then the, the, then bringing some, potentially someone else in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who we don't even know. You know, obviously, Mark Hughes and Lee David Moyes. Oh, gosh, can I you mean, imagine? I mean, you know, I mean, those if those names are being towered, you know, it's either a genius bit of marketing from Everton to say, this is what you'll end up with, by the way. Yeah. So, someone you know said that. Someone um, said that, yeah. Oh, have they? They come yeah, out and yeah, said that, yeah. that. It's either that or... But they, 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 look, I respect... We all respect their opinion. Look, they've played the game. They know the club. They've, they've spent a lot of time with the club now in a capacity outside of playing the game. And, and they, all, they were all pretty unanimous. And, you know, it was good to hear them say that. You know, and they weren't just saying it just to placate the people they were talking to. Either they were actually physically saying it in a private conversation as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that was good to hear from, from, from their point of view. And, you know, chuff we got the win and, and, and hopefully we can start pushing up the table, isn't it? Well, two players who stood out in that game, and they have done for a few weeks now, are both Tom Davis and Mason Hargate, and they're two that we're going to highlight in the second part of this week's podcast. It's a privilege to me to be at Everton Football Club, working really hard every single day, getting our players better players every single day as well. And you know what we are doing in, inside the, the football club. You know what is our strengths, some things we should improve as well, because it's really complicated for us. Uh, some players we lost last, last, last summer, the injuries we had until now. Many, many things are coming against us, but you keep fighting. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, Everton youngsters, if you like, who've, who've come into the side and, and made a real a real name for themselves. And those two players being Tom Davis and Mason Holgate. Don't don't all jump in at once, lads. <laughs> I've been particularly say something really profound. There. <laughs> <laughs> I've been particularly impressed with them both, but I, I thought um, Mason Holgate for me. Came into his own um, in the last game and in the cup as well. I've been really, really impressed with him. I think he's looked really composed. Doesn't look daunted by the by the task of um, of coming into the side. He's been involved in a couple of goals. Um, he surprised me to be honest because I know the three of us have spoken a lot about the things maybe he struggles to do defensively and whether he's good enough to be in the starting eleven. Um, and I think he's proven quite a few people wrong at the moment. Can we put a clip in, Mike? Can you cut a clip in from, from Pete's two weeks ago when I suggested that we play Holgate and Mina as a central uh, pairing uh, in, in the... What was it? It was in the... Which game was it? It, it was for the Cup game, and I stand by what, it, what I said. <laughs> yeah. I think we were back. I think you agreed with me, Mike, actually. I think, I think it did, uh, yeah. yeah know, it did. Pete said they've got to have a really strong pre-season together or something like that, Pete, didn't you? I didn't say that. I just I, I said <laughs> it's not the common thing that's done, putting together two centre-halves that haven't played a lot together. That's what I said. <laughs> I think and I said I didn't think that he would. And I, think he he com- I think he really compliments Mina in the fact that he gives us pace, which obviously Keane and Mina, I think they're too similar. I think Mina wins a lot of headers. He's obviously stronger in the air, stronger physically as a guy. I think what Holgate and, and credit to the lad, you know, he's come in and he, he's definitely you know more than justified his call up to the first team. I mean, you know, put aside the fact he's had two assists and a goal mm. as well. 
but I think defensively, he's you know what we were sort of picking him out for. And I think a lot of fans do is that sometimes he switches off. He has the capacity to have a yobo moment, then he just completely switch off. Remember when he tied his legs against Charlton and he scored? Oh yeah, I never forget that. that. Was unbelievable. Oh, amazing. But I just think, look, I think what he what he comes across to me, and I'll give him credit for it. I think you know maybe maybe it was a loan spell last season, even though he did play at right back. But I think he's matured a bit more. You know, he he, he likes if you look at his, his, some of his performances for us. Prior to his loan spell, he got easily he got irate very easy, didn't he? Mm. He'd get into battles with people because a lot of times he was up against big forwards, they would out muscle him. Are you from you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but no, but do you know what I mean? He'd get into like battles he didn't have to get involved in, mm-hmm. and he'd get really hit up. Instead of being calm and collected, he suddenly he'd lose his head. I think, and then, I think that comes know. that comes with maturity and age. Yeah. Right? And I know you know my opinion on Holgate, and I said this when Baz was on a few weeks ago before Holgate had been given a chance in the side. And he's a big fan, Baz. He, he, like he is, he is, and he wanted to see him given given a chance. And obviously, up to now, he's been he's been proven correct. I said at the time. I was unsure of him from a sort of concentration point of view, which you just mentioned, but also physically as well. He he scares me. I mean, at the Watford game, I was I was right by the side of the pitch, and uh, he stood next to me, and he's a big lad, Holger, surprisingly. And I, you know, I know he's over six foot, but you know when you think mean, he's like, he just looks five. a bit slight. He, he does. He doesn't look look quite. He's not not wide in any yeah. way, shape, or form. But like you say, Lee, I think what's what's happened and what what, what it's done to our sense of our pairing is that. You've got someone in the mould of a, a care zoomer in regards to pace in Mason Holby. He recovers very, very well. There's a few times yesterday where he got back and nipped in and you know slides had to put the ball for the throw in and little things like that. What Michael Keane couldn't couldn't do. Mm. Michael Keane his recovery pace. He hasn't yeah. got the whereas Holgate has come on and and he's taken his chance. And the, and the funny thing is that both Holgate and Tom Davis have come into the side almost. Because we've got no other option. Out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the pair of them have, have taken the chance, haven't they? They, they really have, you know, and um, I absolutely love Tom Tom's celebration yesterday. I mean, you, you could see it in the lad's face, couldn't you? I mean, he was absolutely, you know, uh, chuffed to bits. You know, it was like one of those scoring, you know, you could see he was like a fan scoring there. And he, yeah, I'm glad he got that goal because his last few performances, to be fair to him, have been brilliant. He you know, gets a yeah. lot of flat, this lad from the fan base and he's been out of the team for a while and Silva's obviously not trusted him you know even at times last season when Gomez was getting overplayed you could see around Christmas he was absolutely knackered he never trusted him did he even even a half fit Gomez was getting in ahead of him and things like that but credit to him he's bided his time he's got back into the team like you said because we were absolutely woefully short in centre mid but Look, if all the central midfielders are fit right now, he's playing, isn't he? Starts. And that's the biggest compliment you can give him. Yeah. You know, he's gone from fourth, fifth choice to now being you can't drop him. I think I think I think if everyone was fit now, I think he too would be Gomez and Davis. They would yeah. be you too. And that and that's a compliment for the lad. Yeah. There were a lot of conversations in the summer, weren't there, about is this the end of the road for Tom Davis? Yeah. At, um, a lot of people saying come out on loan and, mm. and what have you and and the kid, to be fair to him, he's He's got his head down, which is no surprise. There was, there's been times, even this season, it hasn't been been been, uh, been put on the bench by Silva. It's happened and it happened last season. And he, you know, he must have been thinking himself. I'm sure. What have, what have I got to do to get a chance? And he had that that in the last international break as we come into another one, where he, he had two standout performances as a as a, a number six, if you like, for in England number twenty ones. And people were saying, no, Silva should be giving him a go. And to be fair, he, he proved Silva right by by taking his chance when he's when he's come in, mm. and he's almost now for me. I want to see him 
week in week out now Tom Davis Definitely. and I'm, I'm delighted I love it when, when we have, have players and I know we, we, we brought Holgate and that, that's slightly different but when we, we bring players through from a young age um, and they they get a chance and they make it and they have a, you know, a good performance or they score a goal I love that I love it because you know for them you put yourself in their shoes, don't you? Like you said before, Liam, it's it's as if you're scoring a goal, yeah, or you know, you're you're the Everton captain or whatever. And I, you know, I, I love it. I saw a picture I see today. Tom Davis was here in his usual hall of bowls. He's again this afternoon skateboarding. Well, well, he was in he was in Tesco in the Tesco Express, and someone nabbed him for a pitch. He had some like woolly woolly jumper on. You know, he's mad with his fashion, isn't he? He's yeah, crazy. And he's, Pete. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah th- those obviously, I don't know that you can't see what we've got on, but Pete has now taken his Marco Silva shirt off and he's, he's just done in a, a Hugh Hefner robe. Yeah, some, some of us can pull it off. <laughs> but no, he's, he's one of those, and he, he's such a, an individual, and that's why I think so many people like him. Someday, you know what? I think he's genuinely a, a really nice lad. I think he's just a really nice lad. I've, mm-hmm. I've met him a couple of times, you know, around Bowl Street actually, because he just drops into coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, last time I saw him, he was uh, in a coffee shop on Bowl Street and he was just literally just like, he was with his mate and um, he was just, they were just chatting or whatever, his mate was on his phone and Tom was just like reading a book. Mm-hmm. You know, that just sums him up. He's a bit eccentric. I quite like that about him. Yeah, you know what I mean? And he's, and he's, and he's, you know, he, even that thing he's done recently, he's, he, he went down to Jericho Lane, didn't he, recently yeah. and obviously talking about working with the young lads there and I think he's just genuinely a really nice lad, you know, and he always comes across well uh, when he speaks. Um, yeah, and he's a credit to, it, to the youth system and, and, and our football club, I think. We talk a lot about mental strength, don't we? Uh, particularly with Everton and how it's been arguably lacking and how we've struggled as a squad. But how much mental strength do you need you know, to keep yourself in the picture the mm-hmm. way that he has? Because let's not forget, Silver made him captain at the start of last season. He did. Silver, it feels like, has really experimented and pushed him to try and get the best out of him. Did not like it happened. Um, but he stuck in there and he's kept working. And uh, touch wood, it, it looks like he's uh, he's back in the frame. I think it, was, it was almost last chance, Salim, for those two players, you know, I think. Mm. I, think I think Holgate I think, more yeah, than You'd have thought, yeah, Holgate more so, but I think I think genuinely, you know, if, we, if they didn't take this opportunity now, I don't think you'd probably see him again. Well, and definitely, would, if, if yeah. we would have signed Zuma in, yeah. um, in the summer yeah. and, and even brought in another one of those centre-halves, whether it was Smalling or Rocco, yeah, I, th- I think we would have sold Holgate. And, yeah. and I was in that camp. I was in the yeah. camp. I always thought he would never be good enough as a centre half for, mm. uh, in the Premier League. He'd do a job as uh, for cover at right back, which obviously went on loan to West Brom last season. He played, he played right back, and they were raving about him, saying how, how good he was and what have you. But I never ever thought that we'd see the day where Mason Holgate was was your your second centre half, and you know we, we know how well yeah you mean has played this season, and, and no doubt his form is helping. Mason Holgate mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's feeling more comfortable in that side and um, but no I'm massively surprised by the impact of Holgate and how well he's done but again fantastic to see that, that he has taken his chance and that's that's what you want that's what yeah, you want totally you, you want players who, who you, you know you're buying for next to nothing called they're coming through the um, the academy system at your club and they're coming in they're taking the chance and at the, at the end of the day it saves you going out to try and buy I think what I do like about him as well, which I don't think gets talked enough about him, people talk about his pace and that. I think, I think if you look at all, if you line up all our centre halves, he, he is the best technically as a footballer. I think he's the best on the ball. He's the most comfortable on the ball. Um, you've shown already, you know, when he came out with the ball the other day and put a great ball in for for Galvin Lewin. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I don't. When was the last time we saw one of our centre halves do that? I can't think of a time when we saw a centre half put a slide rule, but slide rule passing like that. I, I think he's technically very good as well, um, and that's an you know a part of his game that probably doesn't get recognised as much because centre halves now. You know, if you're playing out from the back, which most teams do, you know, have to be super comfortable on the ball. Um, and I think he has got that, and he has got it. And I, you know, what I do like about him as well. He's got that little bit of needle, hasn't he? You know, he, he, I know sometimes he goes over the edge, but I think he, he, for someone who's obviously a bit slight as well, he, he doesn't mind putting a tackle in. Um, no, you know, you'd say he's a lot more aggressive than Keane, for example, wouldn't you? Keen Keen came on, and I don't want to sort of detract from obviously what the discussion about. But Keen came on well, yesterday. And David Wilson. He, he looked he looked ropey as hell for, for like five minutes, and I'm not just saying that, but he but he did look he did look a bit. He was brought on to win the headers really. He was, was but he, there's a, he gave away a yeah. daft free kick late, obviously late on, and there was just he just looked half a yard too slow. But let, let's go back to Holgate and Davis. But you look at the two of them. Davis is only 21, which people forget. Um, Holgate's just turned 23 in October, so he's slightly more ahead. So, but, but neither of them are anywhere near the, the peak years. Mm. And that, that for me, more more so with, with Tom Davis, because he came in in a whirlwind, scored a goal against Man City, and it was like, I think I said the other week, everyone thinks that, you know, that happens, and, and the way Rooney are, they? and it's not always not always the case. He's, he's an almost a, a once-in-a-generation in a player, Wayne Rooney. But Tom Davis is... Like you say, Peter's mental strength has got to have been absolutely spot on. Otherwise, he would have probably fallen apart. And he could have been one of those players, couldn't he, who falls down leagues and make you know mm. he, he reaches a level of say League One or Championship football, and, that, and that's him. Um, but he just, I'm just delighted that that him and Holgate have come in and taken the chance because there's nothing better than seeing youngsters do that for me. It's absolutely mm. fantastic, and I'm, I'm I'm delighted. And yeah, we, we we've been. Or they've probably been lucky to get into the side because of injuries. But listen, when you get that chance taken. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got dogs abuse at times, didn't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really bad abuse up there with Barkley level type abuse. And, you know, if you're a young lad who wants nothing more than obviously to play for your club, and, you know, like you said, he did burst on the scene and he played that confidence. I mean, the goal with that goal you talked about was one of the best goals, isn't yeah. it? And you're ever going to score, really. You probably, yeah. will, you probably will never top that. No. Um, but I just think. It's, 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 if you look at the way he plays, he naturally wants to play forward all the time. He's not a crab like Schneider who's looking to keep you as a ninety percent pass rate every game. And I think where he did get a lot of stick, you know, uh, is where he was maybe trying to be over adventurous with some passes, and he gave it away a lot. Mm. The problem is when you're playing a bit deeper and you give it away in your own half, obviously you're in trouble, aren't you? And I think what Silva's done now is allowed him to sort of, you know, with him together with him getting his confidence back, he's almost given him that sort of freedom in midfield now to go, go on Tom go out there mm. play your game and, and like you said he, he's taken it with both hands um, because if you are trying to be a progressive midfielder you are going to give it away more aren't you simple and straightforward as that but I think that's natural to him if you look at a lot of his passes he always looks up he's looking forward isn't he he's not always looking to go sideways like obviously like a Schneiderlin or something like that so you know credit to him he's, he's bounced back and um, you know, let, let's just hope we've got a real tough run of fixtures coming up now um and congested fixtures on Christmas. Let's just hope we don't lose any of those midfielders now. Um, so any injuries, isn't it? Because we're down to the bare bones, yeah. isn't it, at the moment, isn't it? And that's where you look at other players, uh, the likes of uh, Dennis Denigan, who's someone whose people have spoken about. You know, he's someone that we could have, we could look to, but someone that Silva has just looked to, uh, who came onto the bench against Southampton was Anthony Gordon, mm. and people have been have been crying for him to get it, get a chance in the in the side or at least be in the squad and. 
Silver said, didn't he, over the course of the week in the build-ups of the game, that Anthony Gordon was literally he was on the squad list for the Watford game in the cup. But obviously, we list say twenty twenty one and only eighteen make it. Um, so he was in his thoughts. So I, I thought then, well, he's definitely going to be in the squad then for Southampton, and he was didn't didn't come on. But obviously, the the way the game went, it dictated the, the substitutions that were made. But it was great to see him beating and around the first team. He's been saying obviously with the first team squad as well, um, and he's a real talent, isn't he? From what I've seen. Yeah, he looks a real footballer, doesn't he? I mean, obviously, it's a completely different level playing under twenty three football. Yeah. But he looks like he's got a bit of something about him. He looks, he likes to carry the ball. He likes, to, you know, he's also got really good technique. Um, he's, he's obviously, you know, got a bit of football brain as well. Um, from the clips I've seen him, I've not seen him in the flesh. I don't know if any of you guys have seen him in the flesh yet. Have you seen him, mate? I've seen um, him in a, in a couple of the the twenty threes, yeah. yeah. And he's just, he's just, a, just alive. Why? He's, 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 it's he's a statement, isn't it, that he's not going out on loan? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. We've got a quality youth setter. You know, we retain that um, that Premier League two title. Yeah. Haven't we? So we've, yeah. we've let quite a few good players go out to the lower leagues. The fact that we haven't let him go, I think, is a statement. Mm. And rightly so, by the way, on that point, while we're talking about youngsters and things like that, I think I do tend to agree with Andy on this point. I think, you know, they do, if, if they're good enough and they've got a chance of making the, the first team, then for me, they've got to go out on loan. Yeah, they've I got agree. to go out in, you know, Championship League One and they've got to try and force their way into them teams. And then, you know, because I think that's the only way you're going to progress as, as, a, as a player or to have any chance of coming back. And getting in, but I am just just that he, you know, even just to make making the bench is a statement for the lad. We've got to spend time around. I believe he's training with him, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much most training sessions. Mm-hmm. He'll be privy to Silver, obviously being part of the squad, going down, you know, and everything else. The, t- the team talks, half time talks, and everything. It would have done him the world of good, even though he didn't come on. I think um, the important thing is, and I, I always say this, and it happened to Tom Davis. Um, obviously, we really Ross Barkley. Yeah, you know, you've got to be careful as a fan base. You've got to be careful. Don't get on the back. If they come on for 10, 15 minutes, things like that, you know, let, 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 let them naturally grow mm. um, and progress. It could be a case of lock them on loan, whatever it might be, to, to go and blood them and, and let them earn the stripes in, in the, the lower divisions. But, we've, you know, we've got to be careful with, with someone as, I think, as talented as him. And potentially, he could be one of our, our mainstays for years to come. Let's just let him develop naturally and uh, and see, see how he goes because, you know, he's, he's in... He's in safe hands at Everton. That's one thing that we've always been good at. Um, but it may be a case of within the next sort of twelve months we do see him going alone somewhere. But let's listen. Let's see. He's he's coming in around the squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the squad for the Norwich game. And that's what we're going to go on and discuss discuss next. So stay with us and we'll be back in about thirty seconds. They're embodied in this club. I mean, I think this club has tremendous tradition. I've been to a few clubs, great clubs: Aston Villa, Huddersfield, Liverpool. Everton, there's something magic, you know, about it, and uh, I'm just an Evertonian. That's all. Don't forget, lads, one Evertonian's worth twenty Liverpoolians, and that's that's, that's the way I feel. I'm so biased about this club. Yeah, it's the best, the biggest, and the best. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're now going to look ahead to the the visit of of the Canaries, Delia Smith's Norwich City. Let's be having you, Delia. <laughs> You're dying to say that, aren't you? I was in my head. I've done some points on this week's show. I've got the Smith's speech right in the back of my mind. Oh, please put that in as a clip. Please. I might ask you. Who are you? Yeah. To the best fuzzball supporters in the world. 
Yeah. She had some kind of alcoholic tiramisu. Yeah, she was absolutely lettered, wasn't she? And said, "Oh, they got beat anyway." So that was a well, well done, Delia. That was genius. But she'll be there. She read the game. She's always at the game. Always at the game with a um, a, a yellow and, and green scarf on, sitting sitting by Bill Kenwright and what have you. So she'll be there, no doubt. But Pete loves a bit of Delia, don't you, Pete? Yeah. Well, Christmas, Christmas is coming, Pete. So we get get the uh, the the cookbook out, get a few dealers on the go, and we can speak a sample. Yeah, can you do it? Can you do, can you do it without the currents? Just for me. On on this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about all things bacon. Bit, bit of a side show, but no, but but Norwich. Bake off. <laughs> the great on the Holy Trinity bake off. Yeah, but Nor- Norwich are a funny side, aren't they? Because the at the start of the season. The, the beaten Man City, the, lost to Liverpool, lost a, a tight game to Chelsea. Um, they've, they've got be five one around by Aston Villa. Um, they've beaten Newcastle. They, they were they were re- really sort of hit and miss, you know. And then since since then they've been losing left, right, and centre. United, uh, mentioned Villa, Brighton, Watford. Obviously this weekend beat them. Went down to ten men at one point as well, and they just. We we said the media off air before. They they play quite a an open brand of football, mm. and I remember at the start of the season that Sky Sports mentioned um, in that first game at Anfield. It was when they got beat four one. Oh, you know, yeah, they they they're sticking to 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 how they want to play football. They haven't changed in the Championship. This is fantastic to watch. In some games, they they you know they they're going to score two, three, or four. This is the Premier League. It's not not the Championship, and you can't you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Against against a lot of the sides, not just yeah, Liverpool's and Man City's and what have you. You can't do it against a lot of teams. When you get a beat at home, five one Aston Villa, you got problems for me. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the manager Daniel Fark is it. Where the game from? Is it Dortmund or something? He went, he's, yeah, he's managed Dortmund reserves, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So today they play a very sort of like fast, open, expansive sort of football, don't they? I think. Um, yeah, it's it's they are weird. See, I remember watching the first game of the season against Liverpool and. Um, a lot of Liverpool won comfortably. It was one of those games where Norwich could have easily scored four or five in that game. It was a really weird game. Yeah. Pukki's movement, especially in that first game, um, was very, very impressive. Um, and you know he's he went on a bit of a run, didn't he? Didn't he score some like half a dozen goals? He scored about five or six goals, oh, didn't he? In that yeah. Well, it came off the back of a, a fantastic run in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. He scored thirty yeah, odd goals. Yeah, he's yeah. top scoring. None of those penalties either. So. The lad had really, really impressive movement, and he, he took it into the first, into some other games. Um, but they've clearly, you know, they've they've had a lot of bad injuries, haven't they? Uh, they've lost some key players. I thought that Campwell looked the player early on. Now he's he's not really getting a game. Um, but Pukki stopped scoring, so that's coincided with them going on a really bad run with the injuries as well. Uh, but they play a certain way, and one thing I'll give them credit for: they're not willing to change that. They may go down playing that way, but. You know, um, they are very, very open at the back, very open, um, and the sort of team that I think if you can get the first goal, you could go on and do what Newcastle did to them um, and Villa did to them, score a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know, in the weird thing, you know, all that combined, they they, they actually then beat City, yeah. And, and one of the goals they scored against City, you know, was something like a twenty-five pass move as well, wasn't it? You know, where they literally played out from the back, so. Just such a weird team, aren't they? Very weird team. They're very hot and cold, and they're certainly on a cold run at the moment. But obviously, uh, two weeks off now, they'll be manager will be saying, "Look, slate clean, let's start again." 
Um, but I do think that if we get anywhere near our level, you know, we've been playing at a reasonable level. Um, if we play anything like the Villa game, especially, um, sorry, not the Villa game, sorry, the West Ham game, I think we win comfortably. I know it's often one of them football cliches, isn't it? First goal is important, but it seems like for Norwich, when they go ahead first, they really give teams a game. Um, and when the first goal goes against them, they struggle to get back into it. Yeah, very much so. Um, but I just, it's one of those games, isn't it, where some fans are all already coming out, giving it the kiss of death, saying, well, we'll win the next game, and then after that, we've got a load of other get a tough game. But it's not as simple as that. They're a Premier League team. Yeah. They beat City. Arguably, the way they play are almost set up to play against teams away from home because they are, you know, uh, pretty, pretty, well, they were lethal on the counter attack. But. I just think, look, depending on whether they've got a load of people back from injury, I don't know. I don't know the situation there in the squad because um, they were down to the bare bones. But I do think we should have more than enough well, to beat them. I'm just looking at the back four that they put out against Watford. Yeah. Centre-halves were um, Tetty yeah. and Godfrey. Now, Tetty's a centre-midfielder. Centre yeah. 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 So That shows you what they're down to themselves with injuries. Yeah. They? Captain's usually Grant Hanley, who seems injured, and I've not been impressed he must be about 47 played. by now Grant's handling wasn't he yeah. but they have yeah, they've, they've had a, I mean, when we say a lot of injuries they must have had about 7 or 8 play first team players out haven't they and they've obviously tried to patch, patch the squad together but, but to be um, fair you know, look at us we, we've had we've had injuries yeah. to, to, to key players and, yeah. and still have and you know every side goes through it's some worse than others you mean you look at Man City another example you know no, no Laporte and they're playing Fernandinho at centre half and you know, a lot of teams go through through similar things. Obviously, Norwich haven't got that that squad depth to to deal with it. Um, I mean, away from home, you picked up a point all season, which was a nil nil draw at Bournemouth. Right. Um, they've lost away to to Brighton, uh, Crystal Palace, Burnley, West Ham, and Liverpool. So, mm. their their away form is not great. Um, Take that point back I just said about their away form being. No, no, I think no, no, but no, but no, but I do. In terms of in terms of the, when you're in a championship, they were very, very good at yeah. that, and they've tried to just basically make a, a positive transfer this to the Premier League, and it hasn't particularly worked. They're sitting bottom on seven points. They got a, a goal difference of minus seventeen. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not in a great place, and it, it's all it's all well and good. I think with these sides coming up with this this idea. That you can play the same way, and it's you know I suppose you can say it's refreshing and what have you, but it's a totally different league, and I think the minds yeah, I know he's well like down there Daniel Farker, they call it it's a Fark ball uh, as opposed to football, bit of a, a Norwich fact there for you, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've got Cosy to canary over here. <laughs> you've got to you've got to ask yourself as the manager, when when do we change? We 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 go through it on a weekly basis with Marco Silva, don't we? But when do you change your philosophy because it's it's not working? And can they come to Goodison Park and cause us problems? Of course they can, because they've got they've got a leveller in in Puki for me. He, he's quality. He's a finisher. He's got great movements. He's not particularly quick, but his movements is that good. He can find half a yard, can he? And he knows where the back of the net is. So we've got we've got, got a danger man there. Should we be losing that game? No, not in a million years. And I, and I will I will accept anything less than, than a win for me. You know you can you can't be having stars like Norris come to Goodison Park and win the game. We'd hope it'd be the, the next stage in Everton, building confidence and getting settled before we go into that difficult December run. Results breed confidence, don't they? Of course they really do. do. And, you know, um, sometimes you need to try and win games without playing well. I don't think we've done that yet this season. Most of the games we have won, we've actually played. We deserve to win the we games. We deserve to won. win them, yeah. We've, yeah. Had, we've been obviously unlucky in a lot of others, but I just think... Um, yeah, I do, you are right, Pete. Going into that on the back of you know, a half-decent run... Um, 
because that will be a tough fixture list, no doubt about it. Um, it's also the timing of that fixture list as well, because again, we really struggled over Christmas last year, probably because of lack of quality in numbers more than anything else. But I think a lot of our new signings from the previous summer, I think the number of games caught up with them. Mm-hmm. Gomez, yeah, Bernard, didn't they? Lauren didn't have a window, did they? Uh, sorry, a preseason. Yeah, and they'd never played. They'd never played over a Christmas period like that with the mm-hmm. so many so many games. Um, and also, Bernard could be back for the Norwich game. Is that right? Sense, to talk on Norwich, if not less of the week after, so it could be a bit of a, a, a bit of a positive story there. Yeah. But let's not rush him back. You know, for the game, we we've got what we've got. I'm quite happy with the side that we've got uh, to to play Norwich at home. Um, but like I said, I, I, I can't have any less than Everton win. So I'm going to start things off with predictions here. I'm saying seen Everton. I'm going to say I've, I've, I've had to go in there. Haven't I? You moaned at me for not being positive in yeah. previous weeks. Well, you haven't been to be fair. Well, you know, I did call the Tottenham one all, and did say that we all called that. Well, you probably copied me. <laughs> um, I did say we beat Southampton as well, so I haven't been too bad. Um, well, did you say Southampton, Pete? I said two one. Oh, no. that, right. That's a lie. Yeah. We'll listen back to that. Um, but I think 3 0. I think we're going to see a goal from Richie Arson. Um, I think we're going to see Yerry Mina Header. It's going to happen one day. It's going to happen one day. He's floating around those corners. He's literally. He looks dangerous to me. He's millimetres away. He's a danger man in, in the area. And I think a, a rule fox own goal. Rule Fox. <laughs> rule Fox. Remember Rule Fox. What a side. Yeah, Jeremy Goss. Jeremy Goss. Rule Jeremy Fox. Jeremy Goss. Yeah, Brian Gunn in goal. Cla- lovely, lovely air cutting. Lovely flowing locks. <laughs> Idol of yours being a keeper, might we? But yeah, yeah. Learns everything I know from him. From Brian. Uh, There's some play now. Angus Gunn. Yeah. Southampton being dropped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from McCarthy. So we yeah, have 3-0. Rule Fox with the third. <laughs> I was going to go three as well, but I'll I'll knock it up one. I'll go for four. Oh, um, I think we'll keep four nil. Yeah, I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Four nil. Four. What else? Four one. Yeah, four nil. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, I think we'll get an early goal in the first half, and hopefully, we'll uh, we'll we won't relent. Um, and we'll go into that run with a bit of confidence, particularly at home. Needed, isn't it? Yeah. We need that. Are you goal scorers, Pete? I'll go for a brace for a Charleston. Sigurdsson will get one. Um, and I'll give one to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Off the bench? Uh, hopefully. I hope he sticks with Tosin. Mm. I, I think... He needs games, doesn't he? I think not to go... In, not to go into a whinge, but I think if he if he switches from Tosin, I think I'll feel a bit puzzled. Yeah, so, I, think, I think he'll start providing there's no injuries I think he'll start with pretty much the same time we've got to get into a bit of consistency yeah. haven't we it, it, and it depends who comes back from international do you see fit as well because obviously he'll be away with Turkey um, Calvert-Lewin won't be away with anyone um, so we never know how, how people react to internationals but yeah based on based on that piece I think Tosin should should start yeah I think we're, we're due um, like I said if we play anywhere near the level we did at West Ham at home you know we could easily put like I said four or five past them um, they that open at the back. Um, so, so I'm going to go. So you saying one nil? I'm, so I'm <laughs> going to say yeah. I'm going to say three nil. Um, He's playing it safe. It's not safe. I think it's, I think it's just. Um, I think um, we need Richarlison to get on a bit of a run. I think um, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. He's our biggest goal threat. Um, I think that's uh, Richarlison himself. I think will go on to be a twenty goal plus striker eventually. Um, and you know you could see his movement. He, he sniffs out a chance more than anyone in our team, mm-hmm. doesn't he? So 
I can see him getting a couple, um, and I can see, I think I think can see Dean Dean getting one. I think he's over. I think Dean stepped up last couple of games. He's got a good assist against Spurs. Thought he played well at the weekend. Put some good deliveries in. Uh, he's, all, he's sort of been off it a bit, hasn't he? Compared to his high levels struggled, of last season, struggled a little bit. Um, I can see him getting a free kick, three um, 0 so yeah, so look, we go on to what if we win that, we go on to what about 17, 17 points. 17 points. And you're probably then sitting around probably eighth, ninth in the league and going into a real a real tricky period. But but a period that we we went through last season, we came out the other end looking looking absolutely fine and picked up some really, really good wins and you know, as much as in that run and we obviously we'll this is for another day I suppose, but in that run, you've, you've got some some top sides. Liverpool, obviously, at the moment, are absolutely run away with the league. Um, but Leicester twice have Leicester, well. Yeah, Leicester look look really good. But you know, it's like to be your, your man, you Chelsea, Arsenal's. The you know they can be beaten. Mm. Let's let's make no mistake about it. They can be beaten. Um, they've been beaten already this season by quite a few sides. So really nice at home. Was it away? Do you know. Uh, well, is it? let me let me check, Lee. Let me check. Talk amongst yourselves while I check this out. I think if we've got if we've got United and Arsenal at home, I think we've, I think advances in those two games. There's quite a few away fixtures in is that, that, in that yeah. run. I think we're at home twice. Away, yeah, we, so we've got Norwich at home, Leicester away, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, United away, Arsenal at home, Boxing Day is, is Burnley at home, and then the the long trip up to Newcastle on the the twenty eighth. Before, before we see Arsenal at home, the form Arsenal are in the minute, you know, I think depending on how, how it turns out, there, I know they've got a real good goal threat up front, but they're in a bit of disarray. I'd be surprised the way it's going at the minute. Emery keeps his job, um, that's how he does keep it until that game. Um, you know, no, what happens, he gets sacked, yeah, before then he'll come back, and then he'll say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, no, but genuinely, I think, no, I find that they're not all you can't dismiss them all, you know. I, I do think United are playing with a bit more confidence now, aren't they? And they had a good win. Uh, against Brighton today, so um, they sort of turn a mini corner a little bit. But um, Chelsea are playing really open footy. Um, Chelsea look good. They, they do look good, but they look very open as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I actually should have won that game easy if it wasn't for that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Two reds in the same play. Um, but um, look, look, you can't completely dismiss it. Um, but the first, you know, first things first. Let's just try and get beyond Norwich. And, one game at a time. Yeah, it? one game at a time. Pushes into mid table. Take a bit of pressure off. The way the way the season's panning out, I mean, it's such a weird season. You know, you wouldn't be surprised if we end up, you know, a couple of wins even in that bad run, and then you you're overtaking those teams, and suddenly you're in fourth or fifth. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that the, the you know, gap, less than a second at the minute, for example. Yeah, you know what I mean, the gap between sort of Liverpool and the rest is absolutely astronomical at the moment, isn't it? Really. So these positions at the, at the upper echelons of the table are there for the taking. Let's you know, let's let's get it right, and you know, we should be in the mix, and hopefully. A win against Norwich pushes us on to a, a busy and and a little bit of, of a, a door in December. Uh, but before before we finish, it's a bit of a thank you from ourselves. Lee mentioned earlier on how uh, we got to go down to to Bootle on Friday to uh, one of the, the the barracks down there, and it was it was Everton were in town with the say a few of the older old players, and we had the Everton Veterans Hub were there, which was absolutely fantastic to speak to them. Uh, Dave and the, and the veterans hub. So thank you to you uh, for for letting us come down and Tony from the the, the site service toffees, who recently set up a, a supporters club. Uh, so they're now affiliated to Everton officially. Uh, they provided the the staff as well to go on the pitch for the Tottenham game for the for the remembrance minute silence and and the ceremony there. It was great to speak to to so many people 
uh, within the military currently serving and those who have served in, in the past. So a couple of some some great stories there, some great memories for us to to listen to as well. And, and it's it's good that we we've struck up a bit of a partnership with them. So what's this space in the future? We'll be doing a little bit of work with them as well. But it's just a thank you from from ourselves to you. Um, thanks very humbling, wasn't it? Very humbling speaking to some of the older vets. Fantastic, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic to listen to what they've got to say. You know, I I could listen, I could talk to them all day. Yeah, yeah. like some of the stories they've got, some of the tales they tell, and and the camaraderie that they that they talk about when they were in the military. Absolutely fantastic and, and fascinating to listen to. Some of them still peak smashing the gym every day as well. Late seventies. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. That. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it really was. It was a big thanks to them. Um, really enjoyed it, Mike, didn't we? Um, Lovely, and they man. enjoyed it the fact the ex players came down and they were giving them a bit of stick and yeah, it was such, it was such some an, really good uh, stories from the players as well. Wasn't such it? an intimate set, wasn't it? You know, there was literally about probably 30, say 30, 40 people in total within within this room, and they, they put on four as we we had there. Uh, there was egg, bacon, sausage, black pudding on a bar, tea and coffee. You know, and it was just it, what what they do is they haven't veterans. So for those that don't know, because we we didn't know ourselves, every Friday they meet up. Uh, the veterans and you get together for an hour two hours on a Friday same situation have the breakfast together speak to each other they go away as well with each other and you know these are the things that Everton do do really really well uh, and, and it goes under the radar that it's really, the stuff they do there so, is brilliant so, so this is open for anybody who's served any time in any of the armed forces get, yeah, yeah. yeah get in touch get in touch with the club and they, they will point you in the right direction we will do what we can try, give the try survey Give them a follow, yeah. I mean that they they are currently serving members of yeah. the um of the military. So you know they've they've just come out with the they got a, a flag and they're providing flags of people or you know within within the armed forces. They're on Twitter, aren't they? They're on social. They yeah. are. They are on uh, on social media. Um, we've we follow them ourselves. We we did mention them in a tweet going back to the early um on Friday after we've been down. But their their Twitter handle is at Toffees Tri T R I. So give them a follow. Support them. Uh, get in touch. Obviously, if you're in the military, anyone who used to be in the military, get in touch as well. They'll point you in the right direction, um, and say they can support you and, and make sure that you that you support them as well. Uh, but lads, enjoy it. Love to talk about an Everton win. Yep. Uh, international break is upon us again. Unfortunately, we have to suffer international football once again. But we'll be back post Norwich. By the way, we're on the lounges for that game. I can't wait for that. Free, free drink, free food, three courses, man the match comes in. Absolutely fantastic for me, that. Um, but we'll be back after the Norwich game when hopefully we can talk about another positive win for the Blues and we're going to look ahead to the Leicester game the following week. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three Blues. Three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.